good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And, you know, Chris, we're less than a week out from the NFL draft. And, you know, a lot of things are happening, baseball and, you know, wrestling, you know, we'll get to that in due time. But how are you doing, my man? Good, man. Like you said, it's it's draft time, football season, the slowly creeping uh, around the corner. And, uh, you know, in, in a few short days, we'll see if we're right or wrong or indifferent. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting, man. Baseball, well, it sucks right now for being a Yankees fan. But And then, uh, you know, when it comes to wrestling, I know you had a big thing on WrestleMania. There's a big UFC fight this weekend. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's look, looking to be good. Yeah, it's it, all in all, it's, you know, the next, you know, two weeks, I would say, you know, it's going to be packed. Interesting. And I'm, I'm interested about the UFC because I know you're the guy on UFC and to get to that. But let's get to our to our draft. Now, well, last year when we did our picks, I think we we hit some of it out of the park. I think we were fairly even last year, if I recall correctly. And, and one of the things. Yeah, about, we uh, yeah, we definitely. Yeah, we matched up pretty well. There are a few things I think that changed uh, night that you know naturally we don't have any power or control to predict. But I think for the most part, we uh, yeah we, we kind of hit the uh, the nail on the head. And and this year, I think it, it, it's much more interesting, especially at the top of the draft, especially in the top ten, yeah. in, in in my opinion. And and I know there's going to be a couple of differences of opinion on each end. So with that being said. Since, you know, we do this, like, how do we say who goes first? Well, we go where, whose team is has the higher pick in the draft, and if it's soft. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, chicken dinner, steak dinner, however dinner you want, my man. And <laughs> he got pumped about that chicken dinner, and he's not wrong. So. My body. <laughs> my so, body. With that, so. <laughs> so with that being said, Chris, give us your top ten. All right, so the top ten. Uh, I've I've got some interesting moves, uh, some things that uh, that I think are gonna happen, um, and, and some ones that might uh, might be some shock and awe. So of course, uh, pick one. Uh, you know, overall, I think everybody and their mother knows that Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. Um, Urban Meyer is pretty much just going to try to rebuild that team from the bottom up. Arguably, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the draft. Um, I think that one goes without without speaking, without precedence. Uh, at pick number two is the almighty, <laughs> empathetically sad New York Jets. Um, against my uh my will i know they're gonna do this they're gonna uh, draft zach wilson out of byu um you know there is a small chance that they might go in a different direction but based on everything from reliable sources across the league and just of course through uh through news and media i think their heart is pretty much set on zach wilson um more to come you know everybody already knows I feel on that. Uh, the third overall pick is going to be the San Francisco 49ers on the pick that they acquired from the Miami Dolphins. 
Um, I think, and now this is where the curveball comes. Uh, Ladarius and I talked about this, that I had a few that I was going to try to throw in the in the top here. Um, on this pick, I think San Francisco wastes, and I'm going to use waste in all capital letters if I was typing this, waste their pick on Trey Lance from North Dakota State University. Um, you know, the, uh, this situation, you know, with, with Justin Fields, him getting ripped up by the media within, uh, the, the ESPN wheelhouse, people are asking, well, you know, what about Mac Jones? You know, he's, he won a national title. Who is this Trey Lance guy from North Dakota state? He's played like five games, six games a season, um what's up what's going on with this i think that the typical kyle shanahan agenda is gonna is gonna uh play into fact here and they're gonna buy a hype and i think this is a mitch trubitsky 2.0 they're gonna bid on a hot kid that had one mediocre season and it's gonna cause them multiple years of pain and agony um at fourth pick, this is where I think things get a little finicky. So currently right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, your Falcons have the fourth overall pick, right? Uh, that is correct, sir. Yeah. I think that Denver makes a trade, gets this fourth overall pick from Atlanta. I think they go after Justin Fields. Um. Looking at the teams, I think Denver is in a much more dire need of a quarterback than where Atlanta is right now. They still have a functional uh, Matt Ryan um, that they could at least get another season or two out of. And I don't think necessarily Matt Ryan was a problem last season with the Falcons. I think it had a lot to do with defense because, unfortunately, Matt Ryan can't control when he puts up 40 points and the defense allows 50 um, so I don't think they're going to go after a quarterback early. Um, you know, I, I think that they give them a multi uh, uh, a multi pick for maybe. So right currently, right now, Denver has the ninth, fortieth, and hundred forty fourth pick. Um, I think they do that and then throw in a second round pick for next year um, to get Justin Fields. And I think um, you know where, where Denver's defense is with the speed that they have and the. Res- receivers they've got a modest offensive line i think that fields be an articulate and and fair pick and for our boy Derek, who uh you know pops in from time to time it's like an an ideological dream that an ohio state quarterback goes to denver so uh you're welcome uh moving down to pick number five uh, i think that stays where it's at um i think that stays within cincinnati they invest in an offensive lineman so they don't have to invest in another knee for joe burrow uh, i think they go after penai Sewell from oregon um you know cincinnati has talent to catch the ball they've got talent to run the ball they just don't have talent to block the ball so i think that they make the smart decision go after a very good offensive lineman from oregon he's a big boy six six three hundred of just corn-fed Oregon bliss. Um, I think he's going to make a valuable asset and depth into uh, the Cincinnati line. Um, pick number six is was traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to uh, to Miami. 
Uh, I think that our boy, and arguably, and, and I know this sounds biased because he is from Florida, I think arguably the best player overall in the draft in the first round is Kyle Pitts. He's fast, he's agile, he's big, and he can catch. He covers everything that you need. Um, Kyle Pitts going to Miami, arguably, and and, and even as a Jets fan, it hurts me to say this, it makes them significantly more competitive than what they even were last year. And last year, I think we all can unanimously agree that Miami had a, 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 a... Jesus type year. Um, Brian Flores knows how unstoppable an offense can be with a with a tight end. I think he's proved that uh, from his days in New England. And if you really sit down and think about it, Kyle Pitts and Rob Gronkowski have a few things in common. They're big. They're agile for being big. And if you throw in their general direction, they're going to get it. Now, one of the strong suits that Kyle Pitts has and what Gronkowski has, you can line them up in the slot. You can line them up in the flex. You can send them over the middle and in the red zone. They're going to catch a ball. They're essentially a point guard. They can just post up and tower over somebody and go get that high ball that a a linebacker damn sure ain't going to jump up and get or a cornerback is just going to be too small. So uh, I think Kyle Pitts going to Miami is going to make them incredibly dangerous next season. Uh Pick number seven, I think that the best class wide out, um, this guy, I want to say he's probably number one at yards after carry, um, is Jamar Chase from LSU. I think him going to Detroit, especially now with uh, with Goff getting that trade, um, I think that they have some long-term relationship building with, with Goff and Jamar Chase. I think that um, with the situation, Detroit had so many issues at wide receiver this season with injury or just just dismal performance, I guess, is the the nice way to put it. But I think adding Jamar Chase in is going to do some good, and I think that uh, that'll be a good pairing with, with, with Jared Goff. Uh, pick number eight, Patrick uh, Sertin II uh, going to Carolina. Um, I think that this cornerback, he... He showed when he was at Alabama what he could do. Um, I think one of Carolina's weaker points on their defense in an area that definitely needed some some elevation was in the corner position. And I, I, I think uh, that Patrick here is going to be the ideal slot for it. Um, and I think that he's just going to raise the class of cornerbacks uh, for Carolina altogether and definitely improve their defensive needs. Um, going to pick number nine. So this is what I talked about circling back. Uh, Denver had that ninth overall pick. They trade up for the Falcons uh, to get that that pick with Justin Fields. So now at the ninth pick, I think Atlanta goes after Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Uh, he is offensive lineman. Um, number one, I think he's definitely one of the uh, one of the best linemen coming into the draft. And I think he's an immediate plug-in that can go right into the offensive line that saves Matty Ice a few few hard hits, a few blitzes. Um, again, I know I like to pick on the Big Ten a lot, and with Northwestern being part of the Big Ten, um, you know, that, that kind of goes hand-in-hand with it. But uh, you know, the, the few times I've watched him play and then the film I have 
seeing on him. I think he's definitely going to be a valuable asset to the Falcons. Um, I think that if you look at the Falcons offense, they've got a decent tight end. They've got a good quarterback. They've got arguably, in, in my personal opinion, when Julio Jones is healthy, I think they've got the best wide receiver duo with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Um, and then just all the other assets that they have running the ball and, and all their little gadgets. Uh, I think adding Rashawn Slater to an offensive line is going to be uh, a very valuable pickup for your Falcons there, Ladarius. Um, and then at the number 10 slot, now this is where I have another trade going in. So I think that uh, New England moves up, snags a straight because currently right now the 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 10th overall pick uh is from the dallas cowboys so i think that uh old jerry jones buys takes some things from new england and he walks away a happy man and i think that new england maybe sacrifices a second round pick uh to to move up on the board i think new england what a lot of people are going to consider a preemptive strike I think they go after Mac Jones for quarterback out of Alabama. Now, my theology behind this, if you look at the team that is essentially in New England right now is the 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 post-Tom Brady era. They didn't make a lot of offensive line changes for Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton and Tom Brady are two significantly different quarterbacks. Tom Brady is a pocket quarterback. Cam Newton is a run around like a wild man quarterback. He's going to try to punch it in if he needs to do it himself. Um, that offense is built for a pocket quarterback. I think if we watch Alabama play enough times, Mac Jones is that pocket quarterback. Is he as good as uh, Tom Brady? Um, we can't say just yet. Uh, um, but I think that he fits the mold for what New England needs to kind of rebuild. Because it's easier to plug in a quarterback, I think, at times that fit the script than to try to rewrite an entire script to fit around a quarterback, if that makes any sense. Uh, I think that with the Cam Newton situation, like I said, he's a very different quarterback from Tom Brady. I think that uh, uh, with Mac Jones, he's a little bit more of that that pocket type. They built that offense around a pocket quarterback. Let's face it, Tom Brady is, is about as agile on his feet as a grown giraffe is on a on a, a sleet of ice uh, in the middle of Central Park. No offense to giraffes out there. Um, so, yeah, I think that's where it goes. I know that's two curveballs that I threw into the top, top 10. Um, more the, you know, the 11 through 30 uh, second pick, uh, we're going to release a little bit later. Uh, the fact that we're are recording before the actual draft night, a few days beforehand. We know there's going to be a few moves uh, beforehand, so we just decided to do the top 10 today and maybe pick some specific players and where they might go. So that's my top 10. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, that's great, too. Um, we'll see what happens. So uh, I, I don't know if you want to jump in and, uh, and pick that apart. Um, No. I, you know, I... I agree with more than what you said than you didn't say, if that makes any sense. I, I don't think a lot of your picks were that far off. I just think we have them in different places. So, you know, since Senator, the Senator has deferred his time to me, 
which I appreciate, <laughs> which I appreciate very much. Um, you know, there's no disagreement. I think Trevor Lawrence is the one overall pick. I I don't see them shaking. You know, Trevor Lawrence is the type of guy where he stands out literally. The guy is he's six six two twenty, and he he's a guy where if you had to ask me which quarterback that you know. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pro bowler sooner rather than later. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence because, oh, ja- because Jacksonville's in a position with a slew full of picks and they may make some moves as well. Is, is that I do believe that Jacksonville can, can make some moves, you know, you know, long-term, you know, urban, you know, Urban Meyer, you know, I don't know. Urban, what, what, you're, so you're thinking Urban Meyer comes in there and uh, it just fix, fixes the world like he like he's done with uh, with every other organization he's touched. I I I I believe in Urban. Like if we're talking about character, listen, we know Urban and character go together like peanut butter and and oil. So you know, so but you know, as a coach, you look what he did at Utah. You saw what he did in Florida, Ohio, everywhere. He's like he's like Bill Parcells. Well, you know, wherever he goes, he wins. You can't yeah, deny that. Because anywhere that he goes, like look at I look at Bill Parcells and the job he did, like with the Jets, especially with the Jets, and more specifically with you know with and the Patriots. He turned around losing season before, eight eight nine and seven the year after. So, so with that. Lawrence goes number one. Number two, I think it's Zach Wilson. I know how much you're a huge Zach Wilson fan. I know that. You you can contain yourself on that, buddy. You know, here's what I'll say. And and I've defended it on the show ad nauseum. It's about fit. Because if you ask me who I think the best player in the draft is, I put out an article and, and I talked about who I think the best player in the draft is and I you know, discuss that, but we'll get, you know, to, we'll cross that road when we get there. But Zach Wilson may not be the second best quarterback in the draft, but he's the best quarterback for the team that's picking number two, if that makes any sense. So I've always believed that you draft one of two philosophies. You draft the best player on the board or you draft at the best position of need. And if you're, if you're, listen, if you're Robert Saleya and you're Joe Douglas and that, you know, the front office, like they haven't really shaken from Zach Wilson, and am I saying Zach Wilson's gonna? You know, I made you know <laughs> joked and made some, you know, you know to to get out of Chris's skin. Do do I think that Zach Wilson's gonna turn the world around year one? No, I don't. You know, even Peyton Manning when he got drafted, you know that guy led the league in interceptions. So as a rookie, so I I like Zach Wilson. There is about development, bringing that Forty ers downhill rushing scheme there. I think it works. And the play action, I think, is going to be Zach Wilson's best friend. Now, number three is where you and I, my friend, kind of differ. We both have a quarterback going. But I lean, because I believe it's going to be one of three players. It's going to be either Mac Jones, it's going to be either Trey Lance, or it's going to be Justin Fields. Because, Chris, you don't trade up that high to number three and not get a quarterback. Because if you look at San Francisco, I think with Jimmy G, he may have one foot out the door. I, I'm, you know, I'm fairly positive of that. But I'm not going to shake from Justin Fields, and here's why. Because I think we talked about it last week, Chris, how sometimes when you get you unreliable sources, 
like Justin Fields' work ethic. You don't question people like Justin Fields' work ethic. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to question his toughness. And I'm sure you're not going to either. I think we talked about that last week. The reality, Chris, is, is that to me, Justin Fields is different from Jimmy G. To me, by drafting Mac Jones, which I think it, Mac Jones is not a top five quarterback in this draft. Top 10, we can have a discussion. But I think Justin Fields gives you something different, and you saw that at Ohio State. Here's the thing. If you look at Ohio State last year, like, Chris, if I ask you, I know you watch a lot of Ohio State games or not, but can you name one receiver Justin Fields threw the ball to last season? <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I can't. And that, and that shows the talent that he has. Yeah. You know, I mean, like one receiver. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, to cut you off, but th- that's how good that, – that's my point. Is, is that, like, the best receiver was Chris Olave. You know, he's going to be drafted. He may be a day two kind of guy. But, you know, Justin Field, you look at San Francisco's wide receiving core, it's not, their best receiver is George Kittle. He's, and by the way, folks, he plays tight end. So, just, just in case, you know, that speaks enough right there. Right, exactly. It's like a case closed, take your briefcase, and have, you know, and have a nice dinner. So I like Justin Fields there. I think you don't trade up that high, to, you know, for a guy like, you know, Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Do I have – I have one of those two going in my top ten, so wait and see which one. Now we go to the fourth pick with my Falcons. Now, Chris, I really tossed and turned on this because I don't know if – I've written a couple of articles about what what they should do with that pick. And and I'm going to say In this, your infinite Chris, wisdom, what do you think? I, I'm going to say it like this. And I, I wrote in the article, and I'm going to say it on here. You do not give up this pick unless you're getting a package like the Niners, like, like, like the Dolphins got from the Niners. You need to get multiple first-round picks. Because, cause Chris, you, you're, I, I, I just don't. I just don't believe you just give up, you know, give up this pick for, you know, peanuts and a couple of Cracker Jacks here. I, I don't believe in that. I believe if you trade up that high, if you want it, I'll get you swap first this year, first next year, a first, you know, in a first in 2023. Look, look at what look at what the Dolphins got for that third overall pick, Chris. And at the yeah, pick they, beneath they, it, they got a lot. They got and, a lot. And if you're, you know, Terry Fontenot, the Falcons GM, you should want that kind of package. Okay, who do you, if you want to get, if you feel that strongly about Trey Lance, if you feel that strongly about Mac Jones, heck, Chris, if you feel that strongly about the guy who I said you're going to pick here, give us the stash. Because, Chris, I, I stand by this, the best player in, the, in this whole draft, written articles about it, I stand by it, it's Kyle Pitts. If you're Atlanta, like I said earlier, Chris, you get the best player on the board. Now, do they have defensive needs? Absolutely. But there's no defensive player that's a top five pick. Because the best defensive player, Patrick Sertan, he he's a top ten pick. But top five? No. No. Not this year. Yeah, not, absolutely. Not this year. Maybe last year, possibly. But not this year. 
Kyle Pitts, and like I, I'll just add on, Chris, Kyle Pitts in this offense. Think about this. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts that's is a, essential. That's a scare. That's a scare. I mean, as as a defense, how how do you line up? Exactly. There's that, no. That's that's like having Shaq, Kobe, and Jordan in the paint. I mean, yeah. like like what do you do with? It, 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 it's essentially if you have a squad, like if you get Shaq, you get Kobe, you get, you know, Chris, like you said, you know, LeBron, you get the five best players on the planet or of all time. Who do you guard? You, if now. you're a defense, yeah, exactly. If you're a defense, you'll have more questions than answers. With Kyle Pitts, Listen, Hayden Hurst is great, Chris, but if you can do better, get the best player on the board. So I have so I go with that route. Now, number five is where it gets interesting. Where with the Cincinnati Bengals. Because the Bengals are a team that has a whole lot of needs. If you haven't watched Cincinnati football over the last, you know, 20 years, all you gotta do is basically watch Orioles baseball last year. And that, and that and that felt like 20 years in itself. So think of it that way. Like Chris, this has to be an offensive player pick. Because like I just said earlier, I stand by, like, there's no defensive player worth the top 10 pick. So I stand by that. So I debated between wide receiver. I, I debated, debated between Sewell, Chase, or Waddle. And I landed on Jamar Chase for this reason. Now, it, it contradicts my philosophy of, of building your team in, from the inside out. Because if you build a house, you need a foundation. You know, listen, I'm not Bob Vila. I don't know anything about houses. But, you know, I live in a house. That's the only thing I, I can tell you. Not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. I, I said a, a house with no foundation is just going to be like Jenga every time you're there. You're not going to be protected well. But. I feel that the offensive line position is deep where I think they can snag a guy who can start potentially, you know, a day two, a day two guy can plug right in there. It's very deep. It's beyond guys like Sewell and Slater. There's guys like Landon Dickinson from Alabama. You got Wyatt Davis, Ohio State. I could go on and on and on. It's deep enough. And not a lot of teams need offensive line. So, so you you can find a guy, but Jamar Chase to me, despite him not playing, Chris, I think if you saw what he did with the guy who's going to play with again, Joe Burrow, that's all the tape you need. Like, and and I understood why he sat out. You protect your assets. I always say that all the time. I'm one of those guys who believes that. Listen, if you can sit out, if you feel that it harms your value, a lot of guys sat out bowl games like Kyle. Like, our guy Kyle Pitts, he sat out. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys sit out, and, and I don't. And I when those people who say, "Oh, they're hurting their team," no, they're not, because I guarantee you, as any of those coaches, it's about the future. Like, why harm you know making money now? You know, to play in a college bowl game. And listen, that listen, if they're projected to be a top five, ten pick, why? Like Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts are. So, but Jamar Chase, you have your your footage there. 
So number six is going to be kind of rallying it off is that, listen, you know, for the Dolphins and the, and the Lions, I both have them getting Alabama receivers. You know, in the order, may you know, I have the Dolphins getting Waddle. I think they need a playmaker, you know, to help Tua because to me it's about getting weapons around Tua, you know. And then for Detroit, Detroit here, Chris, is interesting because I could see Detroit trading down. I really could because they don't have a whole lot of picks, you know. And if you want to reference, see Matt Stafford trade. So, <laughs> so they don't have a lot of picks because they had to give up. So you might want to insert and circle that. So, but I see Detroit getting Devontae Smith there at seven. Now, number eight, if we we did our initial mock draft, when I did, I had a quarterback here. But now they got Sam Darnold. And Chris, you know how I feel about Sam Darnold. I don't need to preach it to you. But I really, there's, I, I like Sam Darnold. So, and Panthers do need corner help. They need help. But Chris, I'm all about protecting assets. I'm like, like in the old wrestling, like uh, IRS, I'm that guy. Yeah. I believe, I believe, <laughs> I'm, I, you got to protect your assets. Like, listen, like, listen, don't be like Hammer. That's, I'm going to leave it at that. So, at number eight, I got Panay Sewell. Now, does Panay, he falls not because of his talent, Chris, but because of need. It's kind of like, think about this. Remember when Aaron Rodgers fell all the way to like 24? It wasn't because he was terrible, Chris. It's because teams just didn't need a quarterback. And, and he fell into Green Bay's lap. And, well, you know, you know the history of that. By the way, he hosted, guest hosted Jeopardy did a great job, by the way. Yeah, he did. But anyway. He did. But anyway, if you're the Carolina Panthers, Chris, you need you need you need to create running lanes because right now your best player is Christian McCaffrey, and and if you're if you're right now Matt Rule, the head coach, and that new regime there in Carolina, Chris, you got to protect your best player. Like Christian McCaffrey, you put the ball in his hands, we've seen what he can do, but he needs a line. And and like I say, there are certain positions that are deep enough where you look at defensive back. Now, are you going to get a guy that's a top? No. But you're going to get good defensive pieces on that side of the ball. But you go out and you get, the like I say, the best – right now, Chris, the best player at a position of need. Carolina needs an offensive line. So I got them going with Sewell at eight. Number nine, the Denver Broncos. Now – I'm going to simply put it like this. I, I, I have them getting Trey Lance. You and I, you know, we, we I think where I feel the reason why Denver's going to get a quarterback is because John Elway needs to get this right, Chris. Like, imagine, you know, he, here's the criticism. John Elway is one of, the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league, Chris. The league's been around 100 years. He's one of the best. Hall of Famer. But what can he draft, Chris? A position that he dominated. He can't scout quarterback to save his life. Yeah, he's yeah he's had quite the quite the problem with it. Um, you know, with with Elway, I I think he's made good drafts and then just gave up on him. I, you know, I mean, again, it sounds biased being a Florida fan. I think him drafting Tebow was ideal but to just get rid of him as soon as i got peyton manning it's not like tebow had a huge contract 
I think a lot of their quarterback problems stem from that, that if, if even he would have sat and learned from them for a year or two, he retires and then Tebow goes in. All, all the things that you can learn from Peyton Manning, any quarterback could learn from Peyton Manning would just be phenomenal. And I, I think from then on, their quarterback choices have just been just piss poor. And it's just, it's it's been it's been circling the wagon ever since. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think Tebow drafted uh, Peyton. Uh, he didn't draft Tebow. It was the it was the it, it was the regime before before he got there. And, and oh and, yeah 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 and then he came in and then got rid of him carry on I'm sorry yeah. oh no you're good buddy I always got your back I, I your stand back. corrected even I, even I make mistakes you know listen you're rigged to my Murtaugh so we're good we're lethal weapon we're good and one of the things Chris is that I don't think you know with Tebow could he uh, to be honest Tebow, and, and I'll say this real quickly, Tebow was not built for the NFL and it's not his fault. It was because of the fact that it, at Florida, Chris, he wasn't really asked to be a passer. He was not asked to be a guy to sling it all the time because he could dart off the field 50 yards for a touchdown. This and, is true. This and, is true. And, I'm still biased and salty about it. It, but and I'm like and I and I tell people that it's like you know being Gator fan you know when you I I truly go ahead no so I I I just I truly I I personally feel because he just had no negative baggage with him mm-hmm. and he had no negative press that it right. gave people a reason not to like him and I, I just I I truly truly think he just didn't get a fair shot that's yeah. just my two cents my thing is if if. If he was surrounded with, this is the importance of if you're surrounded by a guy who knew quarterbacks. And this is why I say the head coach is important, but the staff of the head coach is equally as important, if not more important. And you have to be equipped. And then, and once again, when you're when you're drafting quarterbacks, you have to draft a guy that fits your system. Because if you draft a guy, I don't care how talented he is, comes up, listen. There's been a lot of guys, Chris, to come out of college that we were like, oh, man, that guy's going to be a stud in the NFL. And what happens, Chris? They fall flat on their face. That, that didn't mean they sucked. It's just that they went to a team that did not invest and try to build around what they could do. They were too busy trying to make them into something they were not. And that was my and, – and to me, John Elway's doing the same thing. John Elway has drafted tall – he drafted Paxton Lynch, 6'6". He had Brock Osweiler like six seven six. He's drafted these quarterbacks, and just and they flopped. They flopped worse than Vlade Divac did for the Kings. Okay, he's that big of a flop. He flops, and the reality is, is Chris, he has to get it right. Now, am I saying Drew Locke is trash? No. Do I think Drew Locke? To go back to your argument, Chris, about Tim Tebow getting more time, I think Drew Locke needs more time. Cause look what's happened to Drew Locke. Look how much talent he lost. Like, you know, Denver essentially mm-hmm. trading away, the, you know, Demarius Thomas, getting rid of good receivers. Defense is not as what it used to be. He wasn't surrounded with the best. And now you look around him in the backfield, eh, he has no help there either now. So getting Trey Lance to me, Chris, to me, Trey Lance is a guy, listen, you want, you know, not enough tape for me, but. If you're listen, I get it, Chris. When you're desperate, if you're John Elway, you have to get the position right. 
and 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 I'll and I'll leave it at that. So I so I got you know Trey Lance going number nine, number ten to round out my top ten. The Dallas Cowboys. Be careful with the Dallas Cowboys here because I do believe that they could potentially trade this pick up or trade it down. Why? Because when you look at their needs, Chris, like listen, if you read the reports and and trust me, I wrote this in the article in a couple of, in a couple articles ago. That Jerry Jones loves Kyle Pitts, Chris. He loves Kyle Pitts. And if you look at the needs of Dallas Cowboys, what's a position on offense that they're not really great at? Tight end. That would be 10 since uh, Witten retired like 205 years ago. Yeah. yeah, 210 if you do leap years. But the point yeah. is, <laughs> but if you believe, this, like I said, I put a lot of stock in it. They could trade up and try to get Kyle Pitts. But if they stay put, get a position to meet on defense, which is corner, and they get the best corner, the best lockdown corner in the business, Patrick Sertan the second. You know, uh, it's going to be like his old man, Patrick Sertan Sr. Remains to be seen. But that to me, Chris. <laughs> so. With that, that that you know, all I really have much to say. You know, with that, I just think with this top ten, Chris, it's going to be very interesting. Oh, uh, absolutely. So you know, with that, so we transition from being something interesting to some interesting things happening very soon in UFC, and that's when I turn over the mic to you, Chris, and discuss the big time match, Chris. Yeah. So um, we got an awesome uh, fight card. Uh, this week here with uh, with UCF 261 Usman versus Mazda Valtu. Um, this is a rematch, and this is this is going to be a, a great one. So uh, they're doing the fight uh, Saturday, at, actually in, they're in Florida in Jacksonville at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. Um, so you've got the the main event, of course, is going to be the title fight between uh, Usman and Mazda Val. Um, and then you've got the co-main event, which is going to be the woman's straw weight. And that is, uh, the, these, these are some banging, I've, I've yet, I, I know you're not super, super into, uh, into the, into the UFC, but do you ever watch any of these females fight? I do. And I'll just jump in. I'm going to take your thunder, but I, I became a, one of the reasons why I started watching ironically, you know, more was because of the women. I was a big, I was a huge Ronda Rousey fan, Holly Holm, um, Joanna Jedrick. The I, I, so I, you know, seeing these women in UFC, it kind of got me back into it. Like the the men are great, but watching these women, sweet Jesus. Back to you. Yeah, no, uh, and Ronda Rousey, she actually announced uh, this week, I don't know where she did it, but I remember reading it, that she's actually expecting uh, her first child. So uh, so how yeah. do the Ronda Rousey household there? Mazel um, Tov, or whatever, whatever we say. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah no, with with the, uh, uh, the, the, the female fighters, man, they are just, God almighty, they are vicious. Um, not again, not to take off any credit from the guys fighting. Um, you know, the title fight, the main event at you know the the welterweight 170 pound. Um, you know, with the Nigerian Nightmare versus Mazdaval. Um, this is this has been getting a lot of hype. Um, 
you know, over the past few weeks, um, you know, and again, with this being a rematch, um, I think this is going to be just an outright, outright show. Um, you know, the, the co-main is, uh, like I said, the female fight, um, that's going to be a, a, an amazing venue. Just honestly, just the whole card. I mean, I could sit down and, and, and pick, you know, fight by fight, but you got, you know, uh, Magnum Wheelie versus, you know, Thug Rose, Nama Nunes. Um, those are the two bad girls that are, that are going to go, uh, uh, hand in hand. Uh, and then, you know, the, the fight at 185 is, you know, Chris Weidman versus, uh, Uriah primetime hall. Um, I think that one is going to also be a, 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 a good, a good throwdown. Just, just honestly, just like I said, the whole, the whole, whole fight card um do you want to weigh in on the main event on on who you think might uh might walk out with the belt uh you know i'm gonna go with Mazda Vidal. how do you think he wins uh by the ref by knockout or by sub see i remember the last time we did this you know we picked main event you know i think i to me, I would go. He wins because I want to see the whole shebang. I'm that type of dude. But yeah, you know, I, I would say I will go with I will go with by decision. I'll, I'll go with that because okay. it's safe. Because it's okay. safe. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing with with uh, with Usman is that he. He can go the distance. He can fight long term. That's that's one of the things that with, with with some UFC fighters they have a very hard time with. If they don't get the the knockout in the first five to ten minutes, you know, a typical fight, of course, is three rounds. Uh, those title fights or or main event fights can go out to five rounds. That's that's twenty five minutes of just ass beating. Um, some guys have a hard time going there. Um, Neither one of these guys have that problem. I think they've both proved it on on more than one occasion. I think if anything, um, I'm I'm going with Mostafal for the uh, for the dub. I think he's going to get a late round TKO. I think that he's just going to get him pinned in a position that is going to compromise Usman. That the referee is just going to have to stop in and separate it. I think it's going to be uh, uh, kind of like that late fourth, early fifth round that uh, that he's going to get the dub on. Yeah, listen, no argument for me. You know, in situations like that, I I kind of go with gut because I did kind of look into both guys deeper. It's something about Masvidal that I really like, and uh, to me, these two. I mean, you brought up a very good point, Chris. They can go the distance because getting getting your behind B for twenty five minutes, Chris. Like, listen, some people can't do it for for five. I don't. So, and these guys are doing it, you know, essentially for twenty five minutes. I think, you know, I think we both will go with Mas Vidal. And like I say, I, I'll I'll stick with the decision because you, you you almost swayed me to go to the knockout, you know, to that to that kind of phase. But I'll stay put. With decision, nothing against Usman. Yeah, no, but... just... yeah, no, yeah, nothing against him. I mean, they're both immaculate fighters. But it's like you said, it's it's someone Mazaval. He, I don't know if you ever, uh, I don't know if it was an E60 or just like an in-depth interview. Um, 
Did you ever see the one where they they talked about Kimbo Slice and that's actually how they found Mazda Ball? Yeah, I, I love a good E60 story. So yeah. Yeah, you know they they to, to circle through it real quick. You know they found Kimbo. Kimbo was this internet sensation fighter. Uh, unfortunately, his life ended prematurely, and I think he had a lot of great years ahead of him. Um, but you know, Kimbo is just that tough ass Miami dude that's just out there, just just fighting in backyards, just for for respect, money, whatever. And the dude was just out there, just 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 dropping bodies. And then this little Hispanic guy, Mazdaval is in the background doing it too. So, you know, some of these UFC scouts went out and were looking at, at, at Kimbo, saw him, and kind of courted him and, and got him proper training. And he just talks about just how hungry. He was just a poor, broke kid. He used a, another term that <laughs> I don't think I rate to use uh, on open airwaves or, or at all in general. Um, he was just a... a a, a dude who was hungry and he just stays hungry. And, and I think that's why he is crawling uh, up the ladder into the UFC and to arguably be one of the, one of the baddest dudes on the planet. And on top of it, you know, in, in, in sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, and now thankfully UFC is now considered a major sport and ESPN is really paying attention to it. Um, you know, you made it. If you're on the game of a video game or on the cover of a video game, look at any professional. I mean, unfortunately, it's the Madden curse. Thankfully, UFC doesn't follow it. Um, but, you know, you look at the cover of Madden, the, 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 arguably, it's always one of the best players. The NBA 2K series, the MLB, the shows series. Um, I can't stand soccer, but soccer, hockey, you know, uh, and, and it follows suit that, you know, he, he's on the cover of UFC four and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's just a very exciting fighter to watch. And, uh, you know, the kind of, before we leave the UFC, um, I don't know, did you see the, uh, the interview that Dana White gave the other day when he was on, uh, uh, with Candace Owens? Uh, I don't think I saw that. So they were talking about how uh, one of the successes and the, why the UFC, in his opinion and others, why he thinks that they're growing in such the rapid rate that they are, is they're just, they just talk about UFC. That's, that's it. They don't talk about COVID and continuously remind everyone how the world's slowly ending he he's got a fairly strict unwritten policy for athlete for his con you know contracted athletes to not you know again it's nothing in writing that says you can't but it's one of those unwritten things you know don't talk about politics or just people watch the UFC to watch the UFC they don't want to hear your opinions on this that and the other thing and and he credits that of why his ratings are more than doubling while if you look at other organizations such as MLB and the NBA uh ratings are just plummeting there I mean they are going down quick fast and in a hurry um and then of course the you know the UFC's on on the opposite so I, I found that to be a pretty unique and fresh uh and fresh take on that and you know and to a point honestly I I I kind of agree with him 
just out of the fact that, you know, I when I watch sports, you know, I, I want to watch just to honestly get out of the world for a little bit, just to get out of everything else that's going on and just enjoy what, uh, you know, what I'm about to watch. So, um, you know, I'm happy that he, you know, he kind of chipped in his two cents. And again, just to see the UFC, the success that it's at now compared to, if you look at hell, 20 years ago in the late 90s, early 2000s, they, they were they were seeing some troubling times there. But hats off to that. I'm excited for the fight this weekend. Hopefully my predictions are right. And, uh, yeah, good luck. And, you know, I, I want to piggyback something that you that on the discussion before we uh, switch uh, to talk about WWE for a minute. I think, Chris, because it kind of ties into WWE in this way. Now, you know, I'm a huge wrestling fan. And I've been, what, 25 years or so. And there was a discussion about something similar that you're talking about with the interview with Dana White and Candace Owens. Now, a lot of WWE fans did not know this, but I did because that's the nerd in me. And I'm not going to get into the nerdiness. I've been binging a lot of Star Trek, so we're not going to get into that either. But so, you know, are you familiar with the wrestler uh, Kane? Yeah, the, the Undertaker's brother, right? Yeah, yeah, in case yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, honestly, I I am I'm vaguely familiar with the wrestlers up until about 2011, like the Miz when like the Miz and Randy Orton kind of first got on scene. That's that's about when I call it quits, uh, and I, and I kind of slowly started stepping away from it. I'll put it this way: when you brought those two names up, Chris, all I got to say is the more things change, Chris, the more things stay the same. So. <laughs> so, but anyway, to circle back to my point, now Kane now is in politics. No, his real name Glenn Jacobs. He's in politics now. Isn't he's, he like a mayor or something like that? Yeah, he's a mayor in uh, I think in uh, Tennessee. The city, the city escapes me. I think it's something county. It escapes me at the moment. And 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 there's also a wrestler. You know, she fights in NXT named Raquel Gonzalez. She's the NXT Women's Champion. Now, why do I bring all of that up? Sure, I'll give you. Uh, sure, I'll give you the ex- the answer. Now, it, their politics, they're they, you know, they're Republican, and it seemed that a lot of fans had a problem with that. And and me being a fan, I put on Twitter that you can always separate the athlete from the person because there's nothing different. There's nothing different about Kane. That changes my mind because him, he's not choke slamming politics. He's not choke slamming council people through tables, okay? Who disagree with his politics? It's just that you have to understand, Kane. He's a real person. He's not just a wrestler. There's a life beyond what you do in your work. Just like there's a life beyond the work that you do, Chris, and for me as well. Like our views. People may like us, like, yeah, yeah, but when they find out politics, go boo. Like, no, you can't, you can separate. It's not that hard. It's like, if you can separate clothes, you can separate people's things. I'm not saying it's that easy, but what I'm saying is, is that the, the, the problem is, is, Chris, is that fans, and I'm not putting this all on fans, but we as people, Chris, sometimes can get caught up in disagreeing with so much that we don't like them as people. 
Meaning that, like, all of a sudden, Kane did not become a, Glenn Jacobs did not become a bad wrestler because he's Republican. And Raquel Gonzalez did become terrible because she's Republican. Understand something, Chris, that we live in a country of great diversity, not just of, of color, but of ideology. I didn't mean to go on my little soapbox today, but but my point nah, is... Nah, you're good, man. But But my point is this. We can have discussions. We can sit like all time class example. You could know somebody 20 years and you don't, you know, they say, Well, I'm a Democrat. And the other friends, Democrats and Republicans can be friends. I tell people, because you can separate, because there are more things in life, Chris, I believe we agree on than we don't. I've always held steadfast to that belief. And to shift, oh, back, absolutely. To shift back to your point about what, what Dana. What Dana White was saying is, is that it's not unwritten. It's just that people could dislike a product because of because they don't because certain people don't agree with it. Just like uh, Kane and Raquel Gonzalez, Chris, they didn't become bad wrestlers and bad talent because of their politics. Yeah, yeah, it, it's their it's their ideology that uh, the people may or may not like. And, um, which, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, I guess like the, you know, the old school thing is, you know, you, you never talk politics and religion around the dinner table. Um, you know, I, I think that's definitely changed in, 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 in a significant manner. Um, not that it should or shouldn't, but, um, you know, to, I mean, sometimes I'm I'm guilty as charged of it. Um, you know, some people kind of throw some shade at me because they say I don't like LeBron James because of how outspoken he is of, against a lot of things. And then I remind people that I didn't like LeBron James when he was in Cleveland. I didn't like LeBron James when he was in Miami. I didn't like him when he went back to Cleveland. And I damn sure don't like his championship chasing ass out in L.A. So... I was on the I hate LeBron train before it was even a cool thing to do. But, yeah, I, I definitely do agree that when people um, find out a, a, a political affiliation that, you know, they'll they hate you. Um, ironically, the most hated people, I think, in the United States today who used to be one of the most liked was Donald Trump. Um I mean, hell, there's pictures of, you know, there's a lot of accusations about his feelings towards minorities and things like that. But then 20, 15, 20 years ago, hell, even up to 10 years ago, I mean, there's pictures of him with Rosa Parks, with Tupac, with Snoop Dogg, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden he becomes a political figure and everybody hates him. I mean, hell, he even helped poor little lost Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin find him find his way out of the hotel and uh, and home alone. I mean that's a good man, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I I I see where we're going with it, and I and I think it's just absolutely silly that people, you know. I mean there's there. I guess I'm guilty as charge of it with with certain things, um, but you know if if you don't like something, it's whether it's television or or a place to if you don't like something just. You know, don't don't watch it. Don't go there. You don't have to cancel the place. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. 
Mm-hmm. I don't like Buffalo Wild Wings stance on their views of the Constitution and specific amendments. I'm not running around demanding that because they don't agree with my thought process that they should just be shut down and, and put out of business. I just don't eat there. There's a lot of other restaurants that 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 I could go eat at if I have wings, if I want wings. Local, franchise, whatever. So I just don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I don't make a big stink about it. And if people ask if I want to go there, I'm just like, you know, let's try to think of something else. And then I just go about it. I don't go around trying to demonize them. I just don't spend my money there. And same thing, if you don't like Kane, uh, or or uh, I, what was the girl's name again? Uh, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez. If you don't like them because of their political, then just don't watch them fight. But I promise you, 20 years ago, you were probably cheering Kane on when he was choke slamming motherfuckers through a cage. Yeah, I know. It was. He said a guy don't, on don't, fire. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Don't be a hypocrite. That's that's my message. That's my mantra. Yeah, because the only reason why I brought that up, because that was an issue similar to what I saw on Twitter. This had to be weeks ago. And, and I said it then, and I'll say it now. It's just that one of the things that is important is, is that we have discussions because at the end of the day, I guarantee you, we are friends with people who we don't agree on, on politics. Like some, there's an alignment, sure. But I guarantee you, there'll be one or two things you don't. Now, we can, we're can we not going to get into all of that because time is running short. But but my point, Chris, has always been this. And you we've known each other a lot of years. We'll put it that. We won't put a number on it. So, for the sake of our age and our decency. So, (laughs) but the point is, is that the one of the things that me and Chris, we don't always talk about is politics. We talk about everything else. And when I see people, like I say, like Chris said, like some people may disagree with Chris's politics. And, And I'll defend him because I say this. The old saying, I think it was Nathan Hale who said, I may not agree with, 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 with what you say, but I'll defend your right to say it. Because at the end of the day, we, we, like I said, we agree on more things than we don't. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think we let things get in. And, and, and I get it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking, just like on this show, if we had to you know, call ourselves countries, I would consider myself Switzerland. Because you, you don't hear me go one way. I want to know what I'd call myself. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a country that doesn't exist anymore. But the point is, it, it may exist. I don't know. We'll, we'll make up your own Chris Landia. We'll, 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 we'll work on that, buddy. We'll yeah. work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah. You know, I'll drop by and start the government, then I'll head out, give me a you know sandwich or something. But, but the point is, is that we're not always going to agree. And before we go, I do want to talk about something I definitely didn't agree with with, with what happened recently. With, with WWE had a lot of releases again. I'm not, I didn't want to get into that. But I want to get into how they treat those talents who do get released. Now, for wrestling fans, they know who Mickey James is. She's a six-time women's champion. She's arguably going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. I, we're not going to argue that. I think she will. So... When she was released, along with countless others, they sent her stuff. Now, she got her stuff in a box, and in that box was a trash bag full of her stuff. 
Now, wow. Now I say this. I and I put this on Twitter. I get that wrestling is a business. I get it. But to treat someone like no one, for the record, none of the talent who got released deserved the treatment. I want to be very clear on that. But to treat someone who is a legend like Mickey James to that capacity is not right. And by the way, the person who did it got fired. They found out who it was and they and they got fired. And you oh, hear God. wrestling fans and you hear wrestling fans say, that's not enough. I'm like, no, it's called accountability. You find the person who's accountable for it. And you fire, and then you fix the problem. Because yeah. the, I said, I said, at the end of the day, what do you want them to do? Like, I people are like, oh, well, they should do more. What do you want them to do? Jump the guy in the alley and he gets in his car? What do you want them to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, people are like that in a lot of situations, and you know, there's only so much you know a company or a corporation can do. You know, we don't need to go set his house on fire. Or Dox's family, or just any other asinine idea you have. The, the man, you're a professional wrestler, an athlete, um, a, 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 a law enforcement officer, a businessman, a paramedic, uh, a, a shelf stalker at Walmart. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you get let go from a company, whether it's on bad merit because of your piss poor performance as an employee or maybe sometimes a company just needs to go another way and you're not the answer um I, you know whether you're a shell soccer or a ceo to have your stuff thrown into a garbage bag and and then just chucked into a box it's 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 demeaning honestly um you know now it's one thing you know if if you're a, if you they fire you and you say hey i'm gonna come in and shoot this place up now, I'm going to agree you probably shouldn't be allowed in to get your shit back. But if it's a, a I guess, a friendly firing, don't that it, it's it's demeaning. Um, you know, hopefully this, uh, you know, this wrestler, she can go on. I know you and I have talked about it. Um, isn't it now? Is it like back it was in the 90s where, you know, like I remember back in the day, it was, you know, the WWF, uh, WCW and then ECW was kind of more for the adults because it was pretty violent. Mm-hmm. But I, I I remember as a kid watching wrestling is in one TV in the living room we would have Monday Night Raw taped on the VHS just to kind of show my age here, <laughs> and on another TV maybe in a bedroom or in the den we would have WCW Monday Night Nitro being taped on a VHS and then you'd watch one. I, I remember Monday night was the only night that I was ever allowed to be up at nine o'clock is my bedtime as a kid. Uh, but Monday night raw was the exception. I got to stay up until, but let me tell you that strike of 11, whew, man, my mom would be thundering down there like, like Sergeant Slaughter trying to, trying to put a whooping on me and turn that shit off. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I saw their other companies. Like, I think it's a, a, a AEW. Is that, is that yeah. a thing? And then, and then TNA? Yeah, Impact. Uh, yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are are these is, – is Vince McMahon making the mistake that he did in the, in the 90s and just pissing away talent? And then these other companies, uh, um, hopefully they're, they're picking up the low-hanging fruit. And then these guys are going and thriving in, in the newer uh, organizations? You know, that's a great question, and I'll, I'll, I'll be quick about it. I think when you have so much talent, 
there's there's so many wrestling companies out there that are out there that as opposed to what was 15 20 years ago where i think like mickey james her career if she if she stopped wrestling today she'd be fine but she can go to any other company she wants to whether it's AEW impact there's nwa now not that nwa the wrestling nwa and and there's so many other countless she could be an indie wrestler like it's starting to clear you know with covid you know you know the you know, you know she can do her own bookings so i don't think when vince makes these cuts i think that there's a couple of people he did let go i think he didn't maximize their potential like like the iconics like billy Kay and peyton royce I think like they're young enough where they can go to another company and flourish. And sometimes, Chris, it just comes down to there's too many people on the roster and they don't utilize them. But that's a whole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so. So at the end of the day, the short answer to your question is, yes, she could go anywhere and walk in and she could wrestle. But I also feel they let go of a lot of other people, a couple other people that. You know, I'm not going to say it's going to bite Vince in the, you know, in the derriere today. But potentially down the road it could because of missed potential and misuse in terms of their talent. Well, hopefully they, you know, they can find a, a new organization to uh, to thrive in, and maybe maybe that's what McMahon needs. I mean, it's not like he learned from twenty years ago to uh, to today, but um, I guess when you're that big, you just don't care at that point. Um, but, you know, hats off. Hopefully these people can go and, uh, you know, she can take empty out her trash bag out and into a new locker and she'll have a thriving career somewhere else and uh, maybe draw some fans to stop watching WWE or paying for their paid service and buying their apparel and merchandise and invest it into uh, a more appreciative organization, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I'll say this before, before we go. Wrestling nowadays, Chris. It's become where wrestling is on every night of the week now. Monday Night Raw. Then you got Tuesday, you got, you know, NXT. Wednesday, you got AEW. Then TNA on, you got TNA on Thursday. Then you got NW on Friday. There's wrestling every day of the week. Wrestling, it's kind of like the old school version of back in the day when they had territories. Where, like, like, like where you're up north. There was like that north region would cover from all the way to Maine, all the way down to, like, yeah. Virginia. Like, and then you go to the, you know, the southern region, like, where yeah. the modern... So so, so it's, it's kind of like that, but a more modernized version, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so with that being said, I guess it's all that's left for me to say is, before we wrap up, is to like and... Sub- I always feel people to subscribe to the podcast. I always forget that. Now I remember so like and subscribe to the podcast. Check out this episode, every episode, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And to check us out on social media, it's at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram. Check out our Facebook page there as well. My personal Twitter is at Ladaris underscore Brown. Instagram is at Ladaris double underscore Brown. Still fight for that other, that other underscore. And Chris is at at and I no Twitter. Used to be on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> before before we uh before we jet out, there's two things I wanted to talk about. Um, so they did the series finale on the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, whew, boy, the ending of that was uh was emotional. Have you have you watched any of it? 
I have I have a lot of shows to catch up with. Trust me. Well, I, I, I think you would appreciate Falcon and the Winter Soldier. One of the cool things I think that Disney Plus is doing with these is they're you know, because most of their they're trying to modernize the superheroes, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like they did with Iron Man, for example, the original Iron Man comic book. Um, he was in like a Viet Cong jungle and developed the Iron Man suit and, you know, escaped. And then when they made the movie in 2008, of course, we weren't fighting in Vietnam. We were fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. And he was essentially taken prisoner in a cave in Afghanistan. But, you know, so, um, you know, one of the things that they they touch on in uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, you know, like social equality. Uh, and they touched on, um, you know, some of the, the, the lesser known uh you know, characters within the, within the Marvel universe, the, uh, not necessarily the cinematic universe, but the uh, the entire comic book universe. And a lot of people didn't know that there was actually uh, a black Captain America. Um, yeah, that was touched on in the comics. And they actually touched on him. Uh, you know, the, the character... Uh, his name is Isaiah Bradley, and essentially he, just like Steve Rogers, got the super serum, did a lot of cool superhero shit in World War II to, you know, beat up Nazis. Uh, except, as you know, how uh, unfortunate and disgusting a lot of black soldiers were treated during those times, even even though they're out there fighting for the, literally the world to kill Nazis, the most vile people on the in, on the planet, um, they come back to the United States and treat like trash. You know, they they touched on uh, you know the the Tuskegee Airmen in there, but they wrapped up the season finale. That had a big portion of it, and that was I, I thought was pretty cool. The entire storyline, if you haven't watched it, do yourself a favor. And then also they dropped the Mortal Kombat movie. Hooey boy, that's all I'm gonna say. I don't want to spoil for anybody, but um, hot damn. Also, um. It's an unofficial music video, but I had actually stumbled across my recommended YouTube watch list. Um, it was a music video that they did for Mortal Kombat. If you just type in Mortal Kombat music video, it'll pop up. They combined a song from Tupac and Eminem, um, the uh, Tupac When We Ride, and they... they Put a new beat on it, threw a verse of Eminem in it, and uh, and then backed it with the the trailer scenes from the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, it's a damn good song. I'm not gonna lie. I've definitely played that on more than one occasion today. So other than that, that's what I got. A lot of of cinematic stuff popping out. Watch Cat, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I promise you won't be disappointed. I promise you won't be disappointed with Mortal Kombat. And and I will circumvent back with you guys sometime soon. And so I'll, I'll get on the checking out on my queue list and check that out as well. And all of you as well. But until we meet again and you hear us again, I'm Ladarius. Uh, I'm Chris. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here in the sports and the world podcast. See ya!